Matt Rule has been fired as the coach of the Carolina Panthers. Is Alabama allergic to teams from Texas? How should Alabama prepare for the Tennessee game? And does anyone truly know what roughing the passer means? We try and answer all this and more on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. Honest. Let's make this night last what is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Stroman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's So 14. And this is my co-host, Christy. Hello. And you can find her at Christy Marie underscore double zero on TikTok and Instagram. We have had a crazy past few days, and we have our first firing in the NFL so what are your thoughts on this in regards to Matt Rule being fired today it was pretty surprising for the NFL I feel like the trend in NFL is to kind of wait it out get through the whole season but obviously that kind of following suit what the college teams are doing I have to agree um obviously it's hard because I feel like he could have been a good coach, but with the situation in Carolina, it's, it's just a hard situation. I mean, he only won five games in his first two years, and then he only won one this year. And I guess that they wanted that win-now mentality. I knew it was coming, but I have to agree. I didn't expect it to be this early. No, and it, I mean, they also fired their defensive coordinator. It was not just him. He is not the only one to blame, but he finally has what some would say a top 10 quarterback and he's still not winning with him at Baker Mayfield. Well, the thing now is that Baker is apparently hurt. Mm-hmm. So that's a big blow to this team. I mean, this was a team that had three first round picks over the span of the past few years from 2017 and 2018. It was an offense that just was not clicking and as bad as it sounds, whenever something like this happens, the first person you're going to look at is the head coach. You're not going to look at the quarterback or anything. You're going to say, all right, this is the head coach's fault. We have to find a way to start over from scratch. Right. It's just that leadership piece, which should trickle down to the rest of the team. And he just didn't have that leadership. I think one of the things, too, is that he was a college coach. Now, mm-hmm. the big thing with the NFL is that not all college coaches are going to work when it comes to the NFL. It didn't work for Urban Meyer. It didn't work for Bill O'Brien. It didn't, you know, really work for really a lot of people. I mean, it kind of worked for Jim Harbaugh, but mm. aside from that, it doesn't really work. It's one of those things where. You know, you're in charge of kids who are between 18 and 22. Now you're going to be focusing on being in charge of adults who are, you know, in their 20s and that they're planning on getting married. They have kids and you have to talk to them as not only equals, but you have to talk to them as if, you know, you can be respected by them, too. Right. And, you know, NFL players, this is their career. They're already getting paid for it where in college, now I know we have the NILs, but they're still working to achieve a goal to for this to become their career. So it, there is a big difference. There really is. And I mean, 
lots of coaches just don't succeed. I mean, Lane didn't succeed in mm-hmm. the NFL, and there's nothing wrong with that. He, Nick Saban didn't succeed in the NFL, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I feel like it was one of those things where they found who they thought would be their guy, but it just never amounted to that. But that kind of leads me into my next thing is that is there a good fit for this team when it comes to coaching? Because I don't really think so. Yes and no. I think there are some people they could pick from, but are these people going to leave is the real question. So you have a couple offensive coordinators who, again, are winning without top 10 quarterbacks, some even backup quarterbacks like Kellen Moore with Dallas. Um, You have the Eagles offensive coordinator, which he's not going to go anywhere with the season they're having. (laughs) Um, You have Waldron with the Seahawks. So there's options, but it's if those people are willing to leave or not. Right now, I feel like with this, I mean, there are a good few opportunities, but the biggest thing that I want the Panthers to look at is that, you know, maybe they shouldn't go back to the college route. It didn't Mm -hmm. work this time, but there are a lot of plenty young coaches, coordinators. Obviously, we've seen that the Sean McVay tree can work and it can't work. So... You know, maybe they follow that route. Maybe they follow, I don't know, maybe getting Kellen Moore. But the thing with Kellen Moore is that I feel like he's very up and down. And I think he's too green to be a head coach. Maybe that's something later on. Yeah, that's true. The experience piece is not there. No. um, I mean, maybe. And it's crazy enough that you find a way to get... Tony Romo, no, no, I feel like that would be too much. He loves what he's doing. He does, and he's so good at it. He, he is. So, really, I mean, things will open up throughout mm-hmm. the year. I mean, it could be someone who we're just thinking of right now, who we're not even thinking of, but it can all really depend. I mean, you know, you think of different coaches now. I mean, Mike McDaniel was basically a no one, and then he worked his way up. Look for D'Amico Ryans, Mm -hmm. Alabama native, Alabama alum, one of the best defensive coordinators currently, worked his way up. I could see him being a hot coaching name. No, I totally agree. I had his name on my list as well. But can we give up Bill O'Brien? Are we allowed to do that? Well, I saw someone post earlier, I think it was AJ uh, Spur, someone who I used to go to school with, and he had made a graphic where it was Bill O'Brien, and then it said the decision, kind of similar to what, you know, recruits do, and it had all the coaching vacancies, and he had just added the Carolina Panthers. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I mean, I feel like we're all at the point where it could really work that they take Bill O'Brien. So, I mean, there, I guess there are a good few potential fits. But I think the biggest thing here, and I've talked about it before, is that they need to find a way for this team to look more appealing. They really have the pieces, but it's as if, you know, no one wants to be there, it looks like. I mean, you have dynamic players, but it's just not all working together. Right. Yeah, like you said, you have a team full of talent. They just need to be coached and they need more experience and a healthy Baker Mayfield. Exactly. And then 
I think with this, obviously, you know, we talk a lot about teams in the South. This is hard mm-hmm. for teams in the South because obviously we want to show that the South can compete with the teams in New York, the teams in Chicago, outside of football because Chicago isn't looking good at football, but New York is. <laughs> and it's hard because you're in the same division as the Falcons who look pretty good, mm-hmm. the Saints who look better, the Bucks who have Tom Brady, and then you are also the only team in North and South Carolina. So you're representing two states and you just fire your head coach, not even halfway through the NFL season. Yeah. And I think for those Southern teams, unfortunately it just all kind of hit them at once where they're getting rid of, I mean, players retired, lots of reasons they left. And it's just kind of a rebuilding year for all of them. Yeah, I have to agree with it, but I think with these teams, you know, they might find their footing. It's still early. A lot of teams start off slow and find their footing in the NFL, but, you know, we'll just have to keep our eyes open. Who knows? Maybe their interim coach finds a way to win over this locker room, but I don't know. We'll check in on them next week. But moving on to our next topic, our game recap and The only thing that comes to my mind is hold on to the ball. Oh, my goodness. This was not the game I was expecting. It was not either. If you remember in 2015 when Alabama played Ole Miss and we just had the sloppiest game ever in Brian Denny, it reminds me of that. It was five turnovers. We fumbled the opening kickoff. We just struggled that whole game. And we almost pulled off a comeback, but it was just too late. With this game, I don't know what was going on. I know that uh, when Jalen Moro was being interviewed, he had said that he had anxiety, which is understood. I mean, I have to remind myself that this guy is only 19. Right. But it was, if you take out his two fumbles, then the score is completely different because AM needed those turnovers to score. Yeah, but it's this whole season. I mean, Bama is 12 out of 14 SEC teams for turnover margins. So I don't think it's just this game. This is the weakness of this team this year. No, it, it, it is. I mean, you know, this is a team where we're so used to you're not turning the ball over. You're not throwing interceptions. You're getting the interceptions from your defense. And a lot of this is obviously the inconsistency with the receivers. There are some times where Bryce was just trying to fit it into a window. Some of them are the tip drill. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that that's not entirely Bryce's fault. But this was a big struggle because even though Alabama was very fortunate that they came out with a win in this game, if they play this sloppy in other games, it can be a completely different story. Oh, especially, I mean, the rest of our schedule is pretty tough. It, they can't play sloppy. It's not an option. No, I mean, it reminds me of 2014 because the turnover margin in 2014 was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, TJ Yeldon had trouble holding on to the ball. I'm pretty sure Kenya Drake had some trouble. 
we obviously had Blake Sims' memorable game against the Iron Bowl where he threw three interceptions and almost got benched. So I think what needs to be worked on is one, either, you know, Holman Wiggins needs to run through practice each week and try and punch the ball out from everyone and see if they hold on. Or we've just got to find a way to where, you know, watermelon or something and they are just told hey don't drop this no i i completely agree and i mean sabin is even on the record saying that's exactly what they are working on so we will see what improves Uh, i am excited for that because i know that he's really good when it comes to stuff like that but more focus on a and m one thing i noticed they had a lot of injuries which is and i i know that we when someone gets injured we want to think of them, but here's the thing. Once they got injured, they were back okay in the lineup two plays later. Can I say I'm not surprised if AMU is faking injuries? No, I mean, I want to see, was it too slow momentum? That's my thought. Right, and did it work? I mean, we were struggling. I mean, I feel like there were times where it worked. I feel like where there were times where they were just doing it because Alabama was, you know, vibing. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just not a good way to where it can happen. I don't know if it was something where Jimbo was saying, hey, you know, let's go out and be really ridiculous and do something that's kind of crazy. Or... It was just that, oh, I'm actually hurting. Never mind. I'm fine. Right. And you all, you would hope, never hope that a team does that. But also when you're playing what was the number one team in the country, I guess you have to pull out all the stops. I, I don't know. I can't get myself in that mindset. I can't either. And I mean, another thing that we can't get in our mindset is that Will's kicking struggles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... We're back to the struggling with kickers at Alabama, it looks like. It, it's – I don't know what happened. I mean, I don't know if someone had, you know, just taken his Gatorade. I don't know <laughs> if someone was trying to mess with him. But after he hit a very big field goal at halftime, it was as if something off had happened to him. And – I mean, it's, you know, I understand that kickers have a really hard job, but he is someone who, he's called himself a perfectionist, mm-hmm. and he says how hardworking he is. You could tell how surprised and how upset he was at himself. No, you could, and it's not normal for him. And these weren't, like, it wasn't the game-winning kick or anything like that to yeah, it was very odd to see. I wonder if the noise level had anything to do with it. I mean, it might have been because usually when Alabama was on offense, Brian Denny is super quiet. Maybe mm-hmm. they were just mad. But that's also where what if when Alabama has to go and kick a field goal. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, Nick Saban is going to lose trust in Will, but it's more of we want to make sure that he doesn't have the yips because he is the best kicker we've had since Lee Tiffin. Right. No, it definitely puts some doubt in your head, especially with this Tennessee game coming up. 
I definitely have to agree with that too. But I think with this, the last two points before we get into our Alabama-Tennessee preview is, did Bill call a better game than expected? Um, This is kind of like a 50-50 or more like a 60-40 because part of me wants to say yes and part of me wants to say absolutely not get him out of here. So all of me wants to say absolutely not get him out of here. (laughs) I don't think he's taking enough risks. He's playing it safe. Um, Thankfully, I guess this was a pro of Bryce being out. We had to run the ball, so he was forced to make those calls. We had to run the ball. I'm glad we were able to run the ball. You know, Jameer Gibbs looked a little hurt, but he was fine. He came back in. I think he was just, you know, a little hurt because he was carrying the load. But the one thing that aggravated me was that when I was watching the game, Gary Danielson said, I really want to see them take a deep shot. And I just wanted to say, Gary, be quiet. <laughs> I don't know. It, I mean, we didn't even have rushing touchdowns. so No, know. but we didn't. I don't think we needed it. I think we used the idea that I was thinking of last week, which was run the ball, run the ball, set up play action. And that's how we will do well in this game. In a sense, we kind of did that. But at the same time, we didn't really do that. Yeah, no, I, I'm done with Bill O'Brien. That's my take. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, promote Holman, um, promote Robert Gillespie as our new offensive coordinator. Um, honestly, heck, even promote Joe Cox, you know, mm-hmm. our tight ends coach. But I think right now I know that maybe if we got a petition, that's how we can get Bill to leave. But another thing, too, is that our O-line did pretty good. Maybe it's, Uh, you know, putting Seth in at center. Yeah, it it worked, and we'll see if they do the same thing. You have a great point. And then finally, receivers. Inconsistency is still a problem, but we look a little better. Yeah, and you wonder how much better they would look if Bryce never got hurt. That's where I don't know how to answer that. I feel that with Bryce getting hurt, it was kind of their way of saying we need to step up. You know, Jermaine Burton, who had been quiet for so long, led the team in Mm -hmm. receiving yards in this game. You know, Cameron Latu got his first touchdown. I know that we had said that we really want Latu to kind of be that security blanket. He looked... Pretty, I think he had more targets than anyone else. Ja'Cory Brooks looked good. Trayshawn was really the only one who I think struggled. Yeah, and you know, he did come down with that limp. So I'm not sure how much of a head game that was for him. I don't either. I mean, that's Bryce Young's best friend. So I think that's kind of part of it too. Um, I think with it, they looked better. But they have a lot of work to do. I feel like right now, when you look at these offensive skill players, you've got Jameer Gibbs in his own little world. And then you kind of look over about a few feet and there's Cameron Latu and then everyone else is like, you know, seven feet away. Right. Yeah. It's It's just so much talent that it gets very frustrating when you see it going to waste. I think with it, and I said it last week, Finding ways to give 
Milrow easy throws, even if Bryce is playing easy throws, you know, slants, screens, and then finding ways to get everyone involved. You don't have to go through the deep shot every time. I know throwing a deep ball is exciting, right? but we don't have to do that every time. Nope, I totally agree. But moving on to our next point, Alabama, Tennessee, it might have been, you know, 15 years, but I guess we finally now have a game against Tennessee where we're all nervous in our own takes. We are, and, you know, trap game was on our notes, and I feel like we all felt like that before this season started, but it's no longer. This is a legit game, which is going to determine a lot of things. It is, and... Obviously, with this game, it's not a game where we say, oh, you know, we could pull out a win. We could not. We struggled last year. Mm-hmm. And that was in Brian Denny. What's going to happen this year if we play that way? So, really, with this, I mean, there's a lot of questions. Obviously, the first one is, can our receivers be consistent? Yeah, I mean, I think they have to. And like you said, it's going to have to be with the short little passes. Now, I'm assuming we're still going to have Bill O'Brien. He is going to have to take some risks. So, yeah, they just have to be consistent with whichever quarterback they have. I have to. Whether it's JoJo Earl, whether it's Trayshawn Holden, Jermaine Burton, Ja'Cory Brooks, we have a great amount of receivers. We also have Tyler Harrell, who's now been cleared. we got Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice. We have so many different receivers. But I think the biggest thing with our receivers is that we need to remind ourselves our receivers aren't super tall to where you can throw up those you know weak passes and have them catch it right no these receivers are going to have to be open that's when we're gonna have these turnovers if we're throwing to them and they're completely covered right and I think with that another thing with this game is that we need to force Hendon Hooker into mistakes Mm -hmm. and this is where Will having probably one of the best hurry games of his career comes into play yeah that and hooker has struggled if he has to hold on to the ball too long and extend those plays he kind of panic throws and that's when things can go wrong for him i was looking at this earlier and i was talking to one of my friends and she had said that tennessee hasn't played anyone i was trying to you know make sure that we didn't go through our whole thing where we usually do when we go talk about our opponents and I said but they play Pitt she said no Pitt is awful (laughs) and I said oh I mean you do have a point because Tennessee almost did blow that lead Mm -hmm. I think with this they're coached well Hendon Hooker has looked great but we need to find a way to create some turnovers to create some pressure and this is where I, I think they call it the cheetah package where it's Braswell Dallas Turner and Will on the field at the same So I think we just need to find a way where we can have our three best linebackers and Henry on the field and just rushing the passer and just saying, hey, go crazy. Yeah, I agree. And if we force him to run, he's been known to be sloppy with his mechanics and holding on to the ball when he does have to run. So that could work. 
one of the benefits that I think the defense having to go against Jalen Milrow in practice is preparing for Hendon Hooker. No, I totally agree. I think having that will be really good, but it's been a little quiet in the secondary. You know, Jordan Battle hasn't had any picks. Neither has Kool-Aid. Neither has Brian or Malachi, Marco, And it's, I, I mean, they've come close, but I definitely think that they really want an interception. Maybe that will be this game. Yeah, I think our defense is intercepted maybe two times this season, which is very rare. I looked at something, and it was a few weeks ago, and it said you're – your leader in interceptions is Will Anderson. I said, wait, really? Out of everyone on our defense, it's Will? And I mean, yeah. you know, shout out to Will, but right. really? And he only had one. Right. He was the team lead. But moving on, and this is more of a, we won't know until Saturday. Will we have Bryce back? So I saw where he was just reevaluated. Obviously, Saban is not going to give away any answers, but I feel like that in itself is a good sign. And I know in the A&M game in the last quarter, I read he was begging Saban to let him in and go play. So I think he feels ready. It's just if he's ready medically. Yeah, I mean, you know, the idea worked when we played A&M where we just see from the very last minute what's going on with Bryce. But I will very much say that surprise Ty Simpson starting. No, I'm just kidding. He's um, maybe in a year and a half. But I know Nick Saban doesn't want to give any additional excitement, additional advantage. Now, at the end of the day, it comes down to the doctors, Jeff Allen, and ultimately Bryce. Right. And, you know, I think he is ready. Like I said, he wanted, he was begging Saban to pl- come in the last quarter of the AM game. So I think mentally he's ready. Mentally he's ready, but just does not want another instance of what happened with Tua. Oh, totally agreed. I think that comes not only first in his mind, but every Alabama fan's mind. But I know that that's been hard on him. And I think with this, he, he wants to make sure that Bryce is okay. With Bryce, with Bryce's parents. And really everyone, too, because he wants to make sure that Bryce's future isn't affected by this. Because if Bryce was just, oh, I'm going to think about my future. Yeah, I'm done for the year. This shows that Bryce really loves this team and his coaches. Well, and I think you even have, you know, Saban watching what's happening right now in the NFL with Tua and Mack and wondering, you know, any injuries at Alabama. Did that have anything to do with them getting hurt in their career now? Jalen and Mack were very fortunate to where they were never hurt Mm -hmm. at Alabama. I think Mack might have had something happen with his, you know, finger or something or like his hand. But it was never anything big. But I mean, I think it's something he's just being more careful. And the timeline of being an NFL player and playing has gotten shorter. Good to injury. No, 
it has and you know we're i don't know it just seems like we're seeing more and more injuries now i don't know if that's just teams and doctors being more precautious because of what's happening but it's definitely interesting i definitely think it is too so right now the step we don't know the status of bryce young well it's going to be day to day they're going to do the same thing final point keep running the ball Right, have to, no matter what, if it's Bryce or Jalen. And I think if Bryce comes in, he's also going to have to get more comfortable with running himself. Right, or even just to throw Tennessee off. If he is the one that plays, they're going to expect him to throw, especially some deeper balls. So if he's running instead, I think that's going to change their game. Speaking of running, I definitely think that Jameer Gibbs should probably get a bunch of touches. I'm going to say minimum around 15 touches at minimum. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's playing it safe. (laughs) That's playing it safe. But also look for Jace to get some touches. Roydell finally looks good. See if Trey Sanders and Miller get some touches but I can see that this is going to be a lot of running backs and maybe even the quarterbacks doing some running. I think this is going to be a big run the ball, set up play action, look for, throw some slants, throw some screens. We have not seen a jet sweep in a while. Yeah, no, and like you're saying, I think it's going to have to be a fast and dirty game for them to win. But finally, and back to the NFL... And something that is kind of on everyone's mind or something that people have been asking for the past almost 24 hours. Did the refs cost the Falcons the game against the Buccaneers and a potential win? So I have two sides to this. First of all, if that were not Tom Brady, that would not have been called. My opinion. You can fight me later. (laughs) Uh, But this has happened before with Tom Brady and this roughing the passer call because, you know, he's untouchable. Um, It did give the Bucs the first down closer to the end of the game. But Atlanta throughout the game had many possessions that did not turn into a score. So we don't know if they would have done anything if they had gotten the ball here. No, and I agree with you on that. It, where it could have shifted some momentum, I think the mm-hmm. sack... If they got the sack and it eventually led to a punt... The ball back, they would have been able to get something going. But they also were doing it too little too late. Right. Okay. Right. No, I don't think I don't think they're over. I think they do still have a chance but like you said it kind of gives them a wake-up call and shows them what they need to work on i have to agree with that so i think with they looked better but yeah i mean they struggled young way who struggled and i think they have something but right now you know it's one what if yes the roughing the passer call was ridiculous they shouldn't have done that but i mean it's tom brady and he's also going through a divorce so. uh, yeah even tom brady came out and he made a comment and he was like well i didn't throw the flag so even he knows it wasn't the right call yeah the saints won finally <laughs> 
So you don't have to talk me off of that cliff. The Titans won. <laughs> but the Tennessee Titans played against the Washington Commanders, and the reason why that was so big was because there was a football player actually from Tuscaloosa, from the University of Alabama, who came back after a pretty big accident and was playing in week five, and that's pretty huge. But the bigger story, B-Rob. B-Rob's back. He is back. It was good to see him. It was really good. I'm so proud of this guy, you know. For those of you who don't know, Brian Robinson was shot in the leg, and he was actually slated to be the starter for the Washington Commanders. And unfortunately, you know, he had an accident, but he was able to come back after some time recovering, and he looks like himself again. And, you know, this is a kid who is from... Tuscaloosa, he went to Alabama, he waited his turn, he was patient, now he was a second-round draft pick, and things are starting to look up for him, and I'm just so excited for him. And he still is working to rehab, and he comes back. Seeing him and Derrick Henry do the jersey trade. Can we just take them all back? Honestly. I miss them all. Yeah. I honestly know that B-Rob would love to come back, but I mean, seeing those two, it's, you know, Alabama's past and then Alabama's, you know, future. But excited to see that. And I mean, you know, the teams are looking good. Well, not named Carolina Panthers are looking good. They are, and, you know, they do have some chances coming up. They're playing teams with the same records as them, so it's not like they have a huge, daunting task ahead of them. It's winnable games. No, absolutely. And this kind of brings me to another point of, can these teams keep winning? I know it's still very early on, but do we think that that's where they can keep winning? I I think they do, both Saints and Tennessee. like. The Saints have Bengals, Cardinals, Raiders, and Raiders don't have a very good record. But I think those games are winnable. And for Tennessee, they've also got the Raiders. They've got the Colts, the Texans. I I think they can pull it off. Looking at that AFC South division, I right now I feel like the Titans are actually the most competent team in that division. No, I I have to agree. Uh, they have talent. They just have to use it in the right places. They started using it, which is good. Mm-hmm. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. You can find this on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, basically everywhere. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore sport underscore. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, so 14 You can find Christy at Christy Marie underscore double zero on Instagram and TikTok. And, of course, we're going to be back on Friday with some more exciting breakdowns. As always, continue to be a light. Be the best version of you you can be. Make smiles. Make adventures create joy in this world and as always we will see and hear from y'all later take care bye